Okay, let's get started. Well, here we are. Welcome to the Water Walkers podcast. Every Christ follower experiences moments like Peter when Jesus called him out of the boat to walk on the water. And we put this podcast together in an effort to encourage other leaders as we all learn together to follow the voice of Jesus, just like Peter. I'm excited to welcome Arkansas State Representative Ken Bragg of Arkansas's 15th District. He served as the majority leader from 2014 to 2016. And most recently, he has roles on the Arkansas Legislative Council, the House Committee on Agriculture, Forestry and Economic Development, the House Education Committee, and the Joint Committee on Energy. Needless to say, Ken is a very busy man, but he is the kind of man that you would want representing you in your district. Over the years that I've had the privilege of getting to know Ken, I've seen him lead in some extraordinary ways. He's a regular member of the Legislative Prayer Group, and several times he's been the co-chair of the Arkansas Leadership Prayer Breakfast that happens every year. So welcome, Representative Bragg. I'm so thankful that you're able to jump on the podcast uh, for this episode and, and give a little bit of your morning. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We always start out with a, a little icebreaker question, and the icebreaker question that we picked uh, for today is... What was your least favorite subject in school? Probably uh, chemistry. Um, I, I, I like science. I always enjoyed science. And I, I love biology and, and physics, especially in, in high school. But uh, chemistry always was a problem for me, even in college. It was required for my degree in forestry in college. And I, I just struggled with chemistry. I just never got into it. So... Uh, I was I was glad to get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> right, were you you weren't planning on going into a field that was heavily you know based on chemistry, I suppose. Well, uh, it required uh, our forestry degree was a lot of science. Basically, it was just a science curriculum, and I was real interested in soils, you know, science. But it required you know the basic chemistry. It required organic chemistry. So uh, I kind of uh, disbanded that interest in in you know, concentrated on the forest <laughs> management part. So. Yeah, that's pro that was probably a smart move. I shared yeah. that same difficulty with chemistry. I know a lot of people that are gifted in that, love it very much. I just, I wasn't one of those. So <laughs> I sympathize with you. Yeah. Uh, well, as we uh, just get into a little bit of the conversation about uh, leadership and just uh, the power of prayer and, and just your experience, uh, I wanted you, I wondered if you could just share for a moment, you've been uh, serving in the House of Representatives since 2013, right? It's been 10 yes. years. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's been 10 years. That is amazing. You have all of the you know patience and stamina in the world to do that for 10 years. So way to go. Uh, I wondered if you could just share for a moment. I know that there's a, a legislative prayer group uh, that's been part of that, that, that's been part of your time there. And I was a little curious if you could share a little bit about what that legislative prayer group is, and maybe a little bit of you know, how you first got introduced and got involved in that group? Sure. I was asked recently in an in a interview what things were surprising to me, I guess, if you want to use that term, you know, when I came into the legislature, or maybe unexpected. And the prayer caucus was one of those. I had never heard of, of the prayer caucus uh, until I got into the legislature. And it was, uh, it's been going on since the 70s, I think. Uh, wow. A long time. And so um, I, 
they made an announcement, I think during the orientation that there was a prayer caucus. And then when we started our session, uh, you know, there was an announcement made that the prayer caucus would be meeting Wednesday morning at seven o'clock uh, down in the basement. There was a small conference room down in the basement of the Capitol. And I went down there the very first time and uh, Representative Lane Jean was leading it at the time, I think. And and uh, there was a, a good group there, we were probably 20 or more people that filled up that, that room. And I was just amazed. Uh, you know, I, you hear a lot of things about the legislature and prayer is not the first thing on the, on the list. Uh, but it was amazing to me uh, how we could come together, regardless of party affiliation, that was never mentioned, and just share our prayer concerns and pray for each other. And uh, it was just really enlightening, but it was encouraging, uh, really encouraging to, to see people that could come together in that manner uh, all in the name of Jesus and, and sharing prayer concerns. And, and so, you know, that, that started me on that. And I, I don't think I rarely missed a, a meeting that we had. We, we met just during the general session. Um, but it was, it was always midweek, which was a good time, you know, kind of refocus, <laughs> you know, get, get past some of the frustrations that, that you deal with as a, as a legislator. And, you know, it's hard to get mad at somebody on the floor or in a committee when you prayed with them that morning. So I think that's yeah. gone a long way towards relationships. Mm -hmm. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So are there some examples and, and it may be part of it is from that legislative prayer group, or it could be other examples of, as well, but some examples of maybe answered prayer or how prayer may have tangibly encouraged you uh, throughout this 10 years of your journey. It's really remarkable. Yeah. You know, there was one particular year, I, I can't remember maybe several sessions ago, that there was a lot of health concerns. And there was a lot of talk and discussion and uh, about the answered prayer. We had people with cancer. We had people with other issues. We had uh, people with family members and good friends. And it just seemed to be a concentration on God's power, you know, in, in healing during, during that, that particular session. And that was just really encouraging um, not only to hear the prayer requests, but to be able to be there to hear the answered prayers. And it's it's just a testimony to, to God's faithfulness to us and how important prayer is. Yeah, I think it's remarkable that here would be, you know, Arkansas representatives and senators, and they're meeting at the Capitol. You know, it's not like led by ministers at a church. It's representatives in the Capitol praying these prayers for healing for sick members of the legislature or members of constituent groups, church members, and actually following along with their recovery and seeing those answered prayers. Uh, that's a, you know, a, a, <laughs> a new story that's not told enough. That's a really encouraging thing that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah. And a lot of them have carried over from session to session. You know, we've had the same people uh, a lot of times in, in the prayer caucus there, for several sessions and and you know some of those needs are continuing needs you know uh, people with children that have needs physical needs and you see the growth in them and and so it's it's really encouraging to see it not just during that session but over over time yeah there's always uh you know you can build a certain level of frustration sometimes and i think we all just pray for god's guidance and wisdom and patience uh, in dealing not only with other legislators but outside agencies and 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 it does get it gets tense sometimes and and frustrating and so 
uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, a lot of times I'm just constantly in prayer that God gives me the wisdom to, to uh, speak in a holy and righteous manner that will not harm my witness as a Christian, because that's what's most important. That's far more important than the legislative responsibility we have. And, and uh, so, you know, that's always on your mind. Definitely. And is there been a, a, a way that you found a balance or kind of how your faith and your role as representative and the representing of your constituents, how those things interact? And like, have you found that to be something that's held in tension or have you found it to be more complimentary? Well, I, th I think, you know, I look at the Apostle Paul and his example. Uh, he always kept his eyes on the prize, so to speak, and what was important. And as long as we keep our eyes, uh, you know, our priority on, on Jesus Christ and, and the, the importance of, of that in our life, and that's the most important thing, uh, you have to keep it in perspective that the legislature is temporary. I look at it as a, as a form of ministry and, uh, you know, trying to maintain a, a Christian witness and yet still serve our constituents. Uh, but you, you just have to realize it, and, and I have to be careful in saying this to people, that uh, I say it to people that I think will understand it, but the legislature and being a representative is not the most important thing in my life, and I remember one of our fellow representatives talking about bills. It can be real frustrating when you have a bill that doesn't pass, and to say, you know, that's not your baby, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. not the most critical thing in your life. Uh, even though it seems important to us. So you just have to constantly keep that in perspective and stay in God's word. And that's the benefit of, of the weekly prayer caucus while we're, while we're there is it helps, it, at least for me, it helps keep me focused. Yeah, oh, I can imagine. Uh, it's remarkable to see year over year uh, the experience that every representative and every senator goes through, just going through the committee process, the legislative process, the bills that pass, the bills that fail, the arguments that take place, but having something to keep you grounded and to encourage you, you know, midweek, uh, it's just remarkable um, how God uses that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, uh, looking at your story, I know you didn't just jump into leadership roles for just leadership sake, but I know there've been times along your journey where you recognize it's like Jesus, when Jesus called Peter out of the boat, there have been those times when you've recognized God's really at work. And there have been some of those kind of landmark moments that have been real faith building for you in your role and, and in what you've been doing. So I wondered if you could share some examples of uh, those benchmarks along your journey that have really encouraged you uh, in your faith and, and in your work. Sure, and I and I, I like to use the term benchmark because uh, uh, you know, in, in when I was in college, we took surveying, and you you had certain points that were established that you could always refer back to, you know, when you needed to start another survey, and those were called benchmarks. And and I look at I look at several in my life. One, um, you know, when I was in college, I was a junior in college, and my parents were killed in a car wreck, and uh, I can see how God's hand was involved in it. Not that he caused it, you know, certainly didn't cause it. Two kids ran a red light and broadsided my parents. And, wow. and uh, my, my brother was in Vietnam at the time and uh, with the Navy, but in Saigon. And uh, again, God's hand was in it because my, my ex-roommate 
uh, I'd had for two years, went back home to go to college and, and get married. And he just happened to be up and, you know, where we were that weekend, we were at a party and he, he brought my girlfriend up. And so I got a call, uh, my uh, roommate came out and said, Ken, you need to come back. Uh, there's a phone call waiting for you. Your parents have been in a, in a car wreck. So I came back, uh, a good friends of my parents told me that my, my parents had been in a car wreck. My dad was in one hospital, my mother was in another one. And by God's hand, you know, my roommate was there with a the car because I didn't have a car. I had no way to get, get home. So we packed up everything real quick, got back home. By the time, it was about a two-hour drive. By the time I got there, my, my dad had died and uh, my mother was in critical condition. Wow. And and um, so we were, you know, trying to get a hold of my brother. It took about two or three days for my brother to get back. And my mother lived long enough for him him to get back. So we, we had the wow. funeral. And within a week, I was back at college, you know, and, and probably the best thing I did was just get back in the in the routine. And and I didn't really, you know, it was everything happened so fast. I, I didn't realize, you know, what, what was really going on. But the biggest change was uh, I was, a, uh, I guess, a parent pleaser as a kid. Mm. And that accountability was taken away, you know, after my parents were killed. And so I started to drift spiritual I had drifted anyway when I got to college uh but I, I really started to drift spiritually and and uh, my grades were starting to suffer but I had this one relationship with a girl that that I had met you know at, down home and and we were pretty serious and she had gone to a different college she decided to transfer I went to Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches she decided to transfer that next year so we could be together but in the meantime that spring she had become a Christian yeah and that summer we weren't together much and she was writing letters with scripture and I was kind of wondering what was going on. I, I knew, you know, I was a Christian, but the, the Holy Spirit began convicting me that I wasn't living the kind of life I needed. So I kind of just shot up a prayer that said, uh, God do something in my life, you know, to make me closer to you. And I, I didn't really, I wasn't serious about it. It was just one of those, you shoot an arrow up and see where it lands. And so when she got back, on campus with me, she was totally changed and, and we grew apart. And uh, I realized this, you know, the relationship was was broken, but God started putting people in my life and, uh, you know, that were much more spiritually mature and they knew what I needed. And they, they started talking about a closer relationship with Christ. And and so I agreed to go to a Billy Graham concert, uh, not a concert, uh, crusade in in uh, Dallas with with this group and uh, I, I was just convicted on the spot that uh, you know I, I needed to do something with my life and and so I went down and rededicated my life uh, came back and told this girl what had happened I was all excited and thinking well we're going to get back together again now you know because I'm quote spiritual now <laughs> right and, uh, she didn't buy it she wasn't she wasn't sure it was was the real thing. And, and so, you know, I thought the Christian life was supposed to be full of joy and happiness. And, and I was never more miserable after I'd rededicated my life than I was even before, because I was, I was banking all on this relationship. And again, yeah. God put people in my life that needed to be there. And this one particular girl that I would meet in the cafeteria and eat breakfast with, she said, I was just, you know, pouring my heart out about this relationship. And she said, well, Ken, have you ever realized that that person may not be the one God had for you. Right. It like, just hit me like a brick. I said, no, I never thought about what God wanted. And so that <laughs> right. I, I contemplated on that for a couple of weeks and just broke down and realized, 
Lord, I'm, I'm not doing this, you know, for the right motives. And I said, I, I just need to give up that relationship. I just want to live for you. And you're, you're going to be the most important thing in my life. And I just felt a peace come about it. And I went back and told that girl, I said, look, here's, you know, I, my, my life's changed. Um, we don't, I mean, this isn't how I said it exactly, but if we don't ever see each other again, I'm perfectly fine. I was, I was past it, you know, and, uh, God started putting people in my life. I had a, 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 a fellow forester student that was a, a graduate though, student at the time, I think. And he came, I didn't know him. We were an acquaintance. He came down the steps one day and said, Hey, Ken, I heard what happened in your life. You want to be in a Bible study? And I thought, well, sure. You know, so we started meeting with him and another guy and started growing spiritually. And, and, uh, you know, my whole, whole life just changed. And, uh, a couple of months later, you know, later that next spring, I got this letter from this, this girl that, you know, I'd been dating saying, you know, I, I see a real change in your life and, and maybe we need to, you know, meet again and and so we did and uh this june we've been married 49 years <laughs> yeah. wow so that's a that's a major benchmark you know to yeah. know that you can give up everything that's important to you and yet god is still faithful he didn't have to do that i would have been perfectly satisfied you know whatever he would have brought before me but that was a real life-changing moment and and the, the situations i face you know, since then, I, I can look back on that and see God's faithfulness. I know it's kind of a long story, but uh, it, it was truly, a you know, one of the major benchmarks in my life. It's great. It's, I mean, it's an example of kind of a surrender moment, kind of laying yeah. things down, but also it's the importance of how God brings people in our life mm -hmm. at just the right time. Right. Uh, sometimes that's one of the greatest needs we have, especially to be called as a leader to follow in the footsteps of the servant, the great servant leader that we're following, uh, we have to, you know, have people around us in our life. And, and sometimes that's one of the biggest prayers I have for whether they're business leaders or civic leaders, state representatives is, uh, Lord, would you bring some people in their life to bring them through? Mm -hmm. uh, and so even to see that, that is just a, a great example of God's goodness. Like you said, his faithfulness carrying you through that. So I really right. appreciate that. That's a great example. And mm -hmm. so, uh, so excited for your 50th anniversary coming up. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> That's remarkable. It's been great. Well, before we wrap up, I know you're also, you know, like you said, being a state representative is not the only thing going on. You also have some involvement with a ministry and a mission in India. And I wanted to just see if you wanted to make mention of a little bit of what's going on there. If anybody was interested in learning about how they could be involved in that as well, just wanted to give you a chance to kind of share a little bit of that passion as well. Yeah, that's been such a faith building experience too, uh, just to see what what's God is doing there. You know, we get isolated sometimes and we think our way of doing church or our way of, of studying scriptures is the only way there is. And and uh, about 10 years ago, we, we had a new pastor come to our church that had been to, to India in this mission. And uh, it's a it's an individual there that he started in high school. And he, his his grandfather had become a Christian in the 40s from a missionary that had visited their village. And that started a, a faith tradition in their family. And in high school, he really felt to call for the village uh, evangelism in these small, you know, isolated villages. And so he just started going hut to hut, literally, you know, sharing the gospel. 
and he went to a Bible college, but he started this ministry. And as soon as he would have enough people uh, in, a, in a village, uh, you know, he'd try to establish a church. And so he started this ministry of training pastors. He, he realized you can't just start a church without a pastor. Right. So it's an old, old British mining town. It's Kolar Goldfield in, in India. It's about two hours east of Bangalore. And uh, so he started in a, he rented a house and had a garage. And he had about, when the first time we went, he had about eight or 10 pastors there that were literally living in the garage and had some tables set up where they would study. And the next year we went back and it's a long story, but God had just provided uh, for him uh, land to build a ministry center. So now there's a, about a 36,000 square foot ministry center where uh, he houses 60 to 80 pastors a year, potential pastors and trains them not just in the Bible knowledge, but he trains them how to be godly men and servants. And that's, that's really the most important thing. And so we, we got involved over there uh, doing evangelism work in the, in the villages. But when prime minister Modi came into office, he was very anti-Christian and he's really cracked down and persecuted Christians. So now our ministry there is mainly just teaching. We'll go over there and teach, you know, for few days in the, in the mission center and maybe do a church dedication, um, uh, go out and, and have a pastor's conference. He'll, he'll bring in 200 pastors or more to this mission center. Wow. And we'll spend a day, you know, with them. He has about 400 churches in the last 25 years that he has helped establish her in his organization. So amazing. Uh, that's really important, but we're also getting involved in Brazil. Uh, last June, we went to Brazil uh, we felt led to, to work with an indigenous group, an unreached people group that had never had the gospel. And so through the Southern Baptist Mission, we, we got in contact with this missionary in Brazil. So we went down there in June and met with this tribe. And they were going back in December again. They want a long-term commitment, like five to eight years, and go three, two, three, four times a year down there. So that that's really what my commitment is now. And this schedule, I could serve another six years, but this schedule just doesn't allow the flexibility I need to do uh, that. And like I said, this, this at my point in life is more important than the legislative process. So I've enjoyed it. I love it. I'm not leaving because I'm frustrated, but I just other things I need to do. Right. And, and I mentioned in the uh, introduction that you are the kind of leader and representative I think any district would want to have representing them. Uh, with just such patience and persistence uh, and just wisdom that you have. But here, just it just boggles my mind, and I just have to give God thanks for that there are state representatives in Arkansas who, again, they meet together to pray, they have a groundedness about them and their work at the Capitol and serving the people of Arkansas. And then here's one who's literally helping uh, saturate places of uh, missions where there's very little gospel engagement. And so we have state representatives, you know, doing unreached people missions and that. So it's just amazing who God can use, how God uses people. Uh, and even just those little steps of faith. I mean, for Peter to be sitting in a boat where he sees Jesus walking on the water and Jesus calls him out, sounds like a big dramatic deal, but each of these little steps that you've taken have been little steps that Jesus has called you to where he has sustained you and carried you all the way, even if it's a small choice. I mean, it's, it's really accomplishing some amazing things. So I'm so thankful to have you, uh, you know, share your story 
and, and share some of that encouragement and a special thank you for your 10 years of service to the people of Arkansas. Uh, it's really remarkable. So thank you so much for being with me today. Well, you're welcome. And thank you for your involvement in the prayer caucus and, and your group and what y'all do. It's just, just a, a real encouragement for us as legislators. As we wrap up, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Make sure to visit servantleadernetwork.org to find more helpful resources for your leadership journey and to always bring your water walking shoes.